We start off live with the 240th Purge Hangers and Wall Hangers Medium Network presentation of the Triforce Podcast. Of course, I am Matthew Bucarell, the Matt Man. And in the, well, no Purge Hanger box today. It's just yep. Matthew Bucarell, the Matt Man, and the producer, Big Brother, Stephen Bucarell. Uh, and okay, like, I know you're like, here too. Our no. mascot, Hero of Time, Link Diablo. It's okay, and Cardboard Kelly's here as well, but we have a lot going on in the Triforce podcast because tonight, Backflex, new bike, Hawkeyeing, a release date, a hundred thousand dominoes and more on the Triforce podcast, but we want you to enjoy the show, as well as hop on over here to pjandwh.com, but of course, I have a button for that. P-J-A-N-D-W-H dot com. Yes, and you're going to find all the crazy luggy and nuttiness right up top, as well as all the Triforce and Lug Nuts podcasts below, as well as uh, Walljanger Gaming. We have a tab there. It's where you're going to find normally Big Brother, Steve Bucarell, streaming a video game live every week from between 3 and 5-ish, Monday if to Friday. work allows. I mean, exactly. So it's a little bit fluid, liquid, if you will. But you can contact the team as well as find out everything about us. Um, let us find us on all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. But, of course, we're going to start off with the first story. Netflix is reportedly developing a live-action Pokemon series. Which, after Detective Pikachu... That's that just makes sense, you know, uh, as the project is still in its early days. No details are available about the plot. However, sources say that Joel Henderson is attached to write and executive produce. Henderson currently serves as co-show runner and executive producer on the popular Netflix series Lucifer, which is preparing to air its sixth and final season at the streaming service. So. Lucifer, very popular series. Haven't gotten into that one personally, but having him involved with a Pokemon series, especially if they take cues off of the t- Detective Pikachu, which we did a spoiler alert on that, and that was a great that was a great movie. That was a fantastic movie. You know, Ryan Reynolds. It had that and every had all Pikachu. the fucking Pokemon you wanted to see. You yeah. know, yeah. you saw Mewtwo. You saw all of them, man. It was so great. So why not? capitalize on that with Netflix because they already proved with Witcher that they can do it. You know? So I got to imagine that a Netflix, you know, based live action series on Pokemon is, it's just money, you know, for Netflix. It doesn't matter. I could get a notification right now that says, oh, yeah, you know, um, I'm going to be in the desert right now, like uh, our Cardboard Kelly. Not our Cardboard Kelly, but maybe our real Iron Kelly. He's in the desert right now, apparently. So he's not going to be on then. Okay. Or is he having dessert? He's having dessert in the desert. Okay. You know, I mean, it's a niche market, but when you can actually have dessert in the desert, it makes sense. Anyways, um, sources say that the project would be live action, just like the Detective Pikachu with Ryan Reynolds and Justice Smith, 
just uh, that was released in 2019. The movie, uh, to develop an original Netflix streamer, has made itself home to multiple existing Pokemon shows, including Pokemon Indigo League, which is the classic Pokemon anime series that we all know and love, as well as Pokemon Journeys, among others. Netflix has also been making a strong push into anime in recent years, having previously announced original series based on Far Cry, Splinter Cell, and Terminator. I would watch all of those. They sound fun. You know, especially if you give them, like, powerhouse media with, you know, right behind He-Man and fucking um, brain farting. Um, Castlevania. Yeah, they were good. Really great series. Those are the kind of things that if you really get a good anime in or, or just animated adventure in those series, you're going to have a really good story, especially Far Cry or Splinter Cell. Like, Tom Clancy is always a good go. Yeah, because if it's an anime, I don't always stick around if it's too bizarre. Yeah, well, Terminator. That's great yeah, source but, material for you know, an you've, I've known Terminator all my life. <laughs> Haven't we all known Terminator all our lives? <laughs> yeah, it's way too relatable right now. But that's why it would make a good cartoon. Oddly enough, that's how our lives are going to end. The robots <laughs> take over. <laughs> Netflix is also You can advertise here, Robot Overlords. Onto live action adaptations of anime titles as well, including Cowboy Bebop, as well as One Piece live action shows. Cowboy Bebop. As you know, I love that anime, as well as One Piece. Those, those are two solid anime that I really hope that the live action gets done right, but it probably won't. At all. It'll be like, uh, what's that dish that people in shows were always trying to bake, but you had to be quiet, otherwise it would spoil? Uh, souf- a souffle. souffle. Yes, it's like trying to make a souffle. That's kind of a metaphorical equivalent I'm going to for you have a to be live quiet action anime to make a souffle I don't know is a TV thing you know be quiet Does a souffle, making a souffle also have migraines it might I don't know souffles with migraines might it be won't the rise title? if you make noise <laughs> like I don't know I'm pretty sure I'm remembering that right it was a stupid TV thing I'm pretty sure okay. comment below if I'm wrong because let's be honest I probably am um but there's a lot of promise here, including what they did with the Death Note uh, live adaptation, which was horrible. It, it was horrible. But Henderson is also known for his work on such shows as 11 2263 at Hulu and Graceland, as well as White Collar on the USA Networks. He's rep by Cartel. The Cartel. Oh, my God. He's rep by the Cartel. Wow. He's really powerful. Maybe that's why he the got the series. Cartel? It said that's what it says in the article. He's repped by the cartel. Wow. Okay. That's bold. They just put it right there in the in the article. Like, you know what? Well, they you don't know, say I what feel cartel. We should move on. Yeah. From there. <laughs> we should move we on behind the CIA. Dare I say in a flash? That was a good segue. Because Batfleck returns in the Flash Andy Machete's film on the Bat Cycle with set videos and images below. Wow, uh, awesome. The Ben Affleck version of Batman returns in the Flash as the set videos and images reveal in the Dark Knight riding his Bat Cycle. Yeah, where it looks 
just like Look, him. it's like this is what you do for the Flash when he's running through. Everybody's acting in slow motion. What is that guy doing? That or it's just one hat, like one's. I'd stand there. Below. That guy is, what is he? He's running or something. Look at him. Yeah. I'm not focused on Batman so much. As no, I mean, guy, it's a it's a nice bat cycle. this guy is very good. You know, it's but it's a nice bat cycle. You get a good look at it right there. Sure, okay. I mean, that is not Ben Affleck. So you're saying I shouldn't focus on the extra? No. That's no. not Ben Affleck, though, because he's currently in... I was going to say, it uh, didn't look like him. No, he's in uh, the islands with Jennifer Lopez, because who wouldn't? All right, well, whatever. But the stuntman is riding the bat cycle pretty nice, and uh, it kind of looks like from the Batman, the White Knight comic book series, um, as the kind of armored bat cycle, rather than the one that we saw in the Christopher Nolan series, that with that shot out of uh, the Batmobile like a pregnant seahorse. Okay. <clears throat> but... Especially with a lot of this stuff that they have there on he here. is on the bike again. Yeah. They're doing a lot of... I mean, it is Flash, so I'm guessing that Flash is... That's probably... From the Justice League Flash. The Ezra Miller Flash is what we're getting. And you're getting... And you see here the inspiration of the White Knight uh, bat uh, cycle here. But with him as a... Ezra Miller Flash, he's going to side to Batman because we saw in Justice League, both versions, really, that he was very new. And now this is him expanding and becoming the Flash that we're going to know and that we already know. So okay. it's a nice film premise, you know, so we if can they do it right. Ben Affleck. You know, but here's the thing. They have, uh, it's coming out November 4th, 2022. Uh, that's the release date. And uh, Ezra Miller is Barry Allen, the titular character. Sasha Callie is Supergirl. We already saw uh, screenshots of Supergirl kind of floating around, you know, in a Times Square. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Supergirl as a villain in this, you know, kind of like Injustice style to where in this Earth that is either a multiverse or, you know, in the past, Barry fucking around, whatever. Oh, yeah. Because of... Flashpoint being the premise of the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie is described as the following. The Flash breaking the bonds of physics and crashing into a parallel dimension, leading to encounters with different versions of the DZ superheroes, including Batman and Supergirl. Though of the multiverse, uh, through the multiverse, it has also been said that Barry Allen travels back in time to save his mother and reverses her death, which causes a drastic change to the timeline that, would that cause sees a the new Flash. Ti- that would cause a new timeline. Yeah, connect to a new universe with he, the Michael Keaton 1989 universe. He hasn't been watching Loki. And others. So we already know Michael Keaton's in it. So to where that's the general premise of Flashpoint. Flash figures out, holy shit, I can go back in time. I'm going to stop my mom from dying. That's the whole premise of the movie. And create um, the multiple t- time reality. He creates the multiverse. And reality. that there's a bunch of uh, points in even the Flash comics and animated series to where they reference the main Flash that you watch in the comics and stuff as being the the main Flash that all the other Flashes in the multiverse get the speed force from. So there's this real importance there, you know, that we already have rumors of Grant Gustinson Flash, so we're going to get a lot of different multiverse 
vibes from this. And uh, this guy uh, did the Batmobile, and he just he's like, until I can post what I've been working on, I'm gonna keep putting out old shit, and you can look at it because this is from the Justice League, and we've already got a really good telling from the Justice League with the Snyder cut. Now with Andy Machete, it director, I think this I is shaping up on a bike again. to look like a really good movie, you know, especially with Batfleck, Keaton. Ezra Miller, Grant Gustafson, Sasha Cali. We have to imagine that there's this, you know, elevator that's going to drop on us with this. Somebody that they're not telling us that's look, just going to drop. Like we're your watching jaw. security footage. No, no, no. Here he is. <laughs> look, here he look, is. There he goes. There he goes. There's he's the perpetrator away. taking the purse, and he's slowly going past Batman. He thinks he no, got no, no, away. No, it's not Batman. It just kind of looks like maybe he stole Batman's bike. He might have. He might have stole Batman's bike. And you know what? It, it's a cosplayer. Wow, they're really good. Man. Co- cosplayer stole Batman's bike. Wouldn't it be funny if he's not on the bike in the actual, uh, they just cut that part? Someone took my bike. That would be hilarious. <laughs> you just see a cosplayer driving around on Batman's bike like, meep, meep, woo! Probably not. But I do think there's a lot of prom- uh, there's a lot of promise for this Flash movie, and especially the stuff that is leaking or being sent out here. It's just to let you know that DC does have some good individual movies that they're working on, like uh, Injustice. Uh, that movie, they had like a leaked a, a sneak peek trailer describing the story, showing you animation and different characters and all the kind of behind-the-scenes shit that they're doing. Um, And it looks good. So DC has individual stories that they're trying to do well, opposed to this next story. That was a good segue. Because Marvel releases a Shang-Chi trailer that is brand new. Yeah, go down a little bit more. There's a brand new TV spot trailer that it is pretty. It's a, a pretty good one. You know, you see Aquafina and uh, Sim Blue right there. She's asking him where his shirt is. But Marvel released the upcoming superhero movie Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The video is a special insight into the powerful Ten Rings and how the protagonist Shang Chi, played by Sim Lu, learns to harness. His power. Okay. And their power, the Ten Rings, because you're, they already show you that he's fucking fighting his dad, you know, yeah, the Mandarin, for there, the Ten the Rings. Guy. So it's not the white guy from Iron Man 3. It's a, his dad wasn't the white guy with the sword for hands? No. No, it's that guy. Oh, it's that guy with the rings. With the Ten Rings on his arm, yeah. The Ten Rings. Oh, yeah. okay. And then we see a, a, a dragon in there, you know. A dragon. And then he, you see right here, he has like five of the rings, no, and they the fight. So like... you already know that he's going to beat his dad, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's the premise of the fucking movie. It's coming. He's gaining his power because Shang-Chi is like the ultimate martial arts master. Of course, okay. they also say Iron Fist is too. So we'll have to see. You know, who whoever is, is the current movie is the martial arts master. The new spot begins with Shang-Chi descending into a fighting ring with his shirt off. Aquafina, who plays his friend Caddy, uh, cracks a joke about perhaps he is, uh, I don't know, calming his nerves. The action then goes to the tram fight, as we see here. And uh, Shang-Chi's father tells him that the Ten Rings have given him legendary power to their family and asks him to prove that he is worthy of it. However... 
He doesn't seem to, to prove be you're worthy. I'm going to try all. and kill you. Because Shang Chi is oh, just thanks, like Dad. running away That's from what I've this, always wanted. This Ten Rings Mafia family and saying, "I'm going to live in San Francisco." And his dad's like, "You can't really outrun your destiny," so he has to kill his dad. Uh, okay. It kind of has Lion King vibes. I don't know. Well, maybe we should um, go on to the next story. Hey, that's a great idea. Because Hawkeye drops a release date and a first look. If you scroll down, there's a little bit of a, like a, they just took a snapshot out of one of the, you know. He's going to be standing in a basement at some point. With a big target. And a kicking. Who would have you thought know, a guy named Hawkeye punching bag? Target. She's going to be wearing sweatpants and a and a you know sweatshirt, and he's about to leave. And she's like, "Look, I can do a bullseye whenever." Now do a take where it's funny. <laughs> now dramatic. And Jeremy Renner has came out and said, like, you know, I was trying to tell her, like, the ins and outs of how to be a superhero and all this and try to protect her and all that. So Jeremy Renner has been a good dude dude all throughout this and really, uh, you know, supportive of her. But it looks like it's going to be a good show because it's coming out November 24th, Thanksgiving week. So we have something to be thankful for. Okay. Um. The rumors have hinted at a November launch date, and it seems that now it has also has been confirmed, like was the case with Loki. Um, new episodes of Hawkeye will release on Wednesdays. The article did not reveal how many episodes will be in the first season of this show, so we're either going to see a six-episode or, you know, for the 45-minute episodes, or they're going to go for that half-hour, John, to where you get half-hour of six hours, you know, total. Half hour of six hours, okay. Half hour each. That's right. You got it. Yeah. Very distressing to him as well. So expect the show to follow two Hawkeyes, Clint Barton and Kate Bishop. Bishop was introduced in the Young Avengers comics back in the 2000s. At the time, Barton was dead. So she took up the mantle in in his stead. He eventually returned, and uh, the two frequently teamed up after that. Okay, so that's friends. You just kind of return from the dead sometimes. Happens all the time in Marvel. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, and Kate is a 22-year-old big Hawkeye fan, and uh, she is trying to wedge her way into Hawkeye's life, and the relationship grows from there. That is his biggest problem for Clint, and is Kate, uh, the biggest problem for Clint is Kate Bishop and the onslaught of problems that she brings into his life, like the rumors that have been surrounding this story. Moderator for r slash Marvel Studios spoilers shared a reported inside scoop on Hawkeye claiming that Vincent D'Onofrio will appear as Wilson, the Kingpin Fisk, on the series. Okay, that's nice. That I absolutely love. He is the perfect Kingpin character from the... I mean, he was honestly your your favorite part of that Daredevil series was the Kingpin. Yeah, it definitely wasn't he Matt was, Murdock. He was really, now that you mentioned that, he was really good. Slamming the guy's head in the door because he in had fact, rage he's probably issues. The only reason why I finished the damn series. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have. Eh. It's a true story. Yeah. 
True story. But the, he's a good actor, so I'm like, he All is, right, I'll man. watch that guy. And he's been campaigning for this role, so that's why I really hope that this rumor is true, that he's not only going to show up on this one as well as other series as well. Um, Daredevil has already been linked to She-Hulk as well as Spider-Man, you know, no way home. There's a lot of rumors going around with who's going to be where, but the yeah, that's old, what he needs—a third job, the Lawyer ultimate and starring <laughs> in more movies. The ultimate—he does them all half-ass. The ultimate thing is that we're getting a lot of the Netflix defenders being added in now because that's what all fans really wanted, and that's sadly I put it like this, but it is a benefit. For twenty uh, from what happened in twenty twenty, the world just kind of stopped. So that was just like a pause year that nothing really happened, and now they're able to institute all of these defenders in probably the projects you wanted to see them in. To where if we didn't stop the world, it would have turned out differently in a multiverse. You know? Yeah, everyone just forget that year, and we'll we're gonna move on. I think that's the consensus. Yeah, but Hawkeye, you also have Yelena Bel- uh, Belanov, Natasha's sister. Well, stepsister, I guess you could say. Anyway, that she's rumored to be in Hawkeye as well because of, you know, uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Okay. I forget her name. Angelina DeConstantina, whatever. She had a card that had nothing people or these people you just made up? No, no, these are real people. So the rumor also claims that the Kingpin will appear in the Echo, the Hawkeye spinoff show, to where there's going to be a blind, I think it's a blind uh, archer, Echo, from the comics. Getting there. A blind archer. Yeah, Maya Lopez is the hero for the show. And also uh, a lawyer? That show will also reportedly feature Charlie Cox's Daredevil. So the blind archer is also a lawyer and a veterinarian. We never a, know. She may be a veterinarian. You know, they got to have jobs, bro. The they got to pay for the suits. You know, sometimes a lawyer job is going to pay for a nicer suit, like a probably a bulletproof one because you're blind. And even though yeah, you but if you got a big like case, sounds like five miles don't go away out like a heartbeat. That's all I'm saying. You're, you know, but Kristen Ritter's job, Jessica Jones is also rumored to pop up in She-Hulk. So. We will have to see. There was also rumors of her popping up in Spider-Man No Way Home to where she was trying to sleuth out where Spider-Man is for somebody. So we'll have to see where these rumors go. But August 11th, we get uh, the What If series, and then we see Shang-Chi, September 3rd, Eternals arriving November 5th, and now we have Hawkeye November 24th. And it's also being said that Ms. Marvel will happen. It will be released after Hawkeye. Apparently a snag up and like production, something like that. Pop the, pop it in after that. So it's going to be in between, you know, uh, Eternals and Spider-Man away no from home. No way home. So we'll have to see where that actually comes out. But our next story is a little bit of a rumor for another Marvel TV series coming out on the Disney Plus, which is Marvel's Moon Knight show, will have an act, may have an actor for Midnight Man. Okay. Until now, it is believed Ethan Hawke was the only villain for the series, but like we have been seeing throughout these Marvel shows, they're going to have uh, many different people who could be considered a villain. And this person, Hamilton Hoddle, 
is list uh, has listed uh, Jaspard Yuli to play Anton Margot, a.k.a. Midnight Man, in Moon Knight. No other information is given about the role, included how many episodes it could be he could be in. Marvel has yet to confirm, as well as Yuli's uh, appear, uh, appearance in the series. But little else is known in the series. But Oscar Isaac has said that Moon Knight is going to be wild. So that kind of goes along the lines of doing what they have been doing and having multiple different attacks, like they did in Captain uh, or uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Is he going to need a lawyer? He may need a lawyer. You never know with these people. Moon Knight is a schizophrenic. He's going to need a lawyer. He's, he's all right. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, when you put it like he's that. Probably he's going to need a lawyer. He's probably going to need a lawyer. So, so he's a schizophrenic <laughs> that fights crime. He's Well, he's Marvel's answer to Batman is what Moon Knight and has that's always what he been. Wears? He's a street level. That, that guy's not schizophrenic. He should have, like, two coats on. <laughs> he's an he actor. He should be like... That's how you get away with it. He's an actor. Talking about it's the his, global government. Know, face shot. Giggity. So, so he's not real then? Not really. Oh, so okay. little else is known and about the series, but uh, long seen as Marvel's answer to Batman, Moon, Moon Knight is street-level crime fighter who has also invest, invested his money into making millions and helping him hide his secret identity. I mean... If you're going to use your millions for that, I mean, obviously, you're going to keep on super. So schizophrenia is a front. I mean, he also has the an ancient god as one of his personalities, as well as a bunch of different people. He has like four different personalities. So he's schizophrenic. He has also has multiple personality disorder. Yeah, he's fine. Is he also bipolar? Probably. Throw in whatever you want in there, you know. But um, he is an art thief. And then uh, the Midnight Man, his real name is Anton Margot, is an art thief and the anniversary, uh, an adversary of Moon Knight. After Mark Spe- uh, Specter, one of his personalities, stops him from stealing art and sends him into the sewers nearly dead. Uh, it is where he... It is where it is here where Midnight Man becomes obsessed with revenge against Moon Knight, and he eventually dies in his quest, but not before training his son. Where the fuck did he get a son living in the sewer? Don't I mean, ask. you know what? Don't it's ask. a comic thing. Um, <laughs> leave the hood on. <laughs> Title of the podcast. <laughs> but Moon Knight, uh, he became oh, that happened. obsessed with that revenge. One of my personalities. Who the fuck? <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> it's not this guy. Ask the other personalities. They'll, they'll, they'll probably they'll deny it. We've never met. Um, and he eventually dies in his quest, not before he trains his son, who eventually takes on the alias Midnight. So Ulysses uh, Yuli may be best known for his role as Hannibal Lecter in the 2007's Hannibal Rising, but the French actor is relatively unknown to American audiences. So it's kind of perfect for that, you know, Marvel role. I don't remember that Hannibal Rising. Yeah, no, I, I didn't either. What, what was it? HBO? <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, that's probably Paramount. I want to say. I don't remember. If only we had the internet. You know, um, but a lot, like I said, a lot of different Marvel shows getting a, a bunch of different villains in there. So it's very possible that this man's going to be Midnight Man, who was uh, raised in a sewer 
or well, that was midnight. Or his dad, who just really has a problem because I don't know, a hero stopped him from stealing art. And it may blend the personality personality disorder. Yeah, but multiple personalities won't be needed. But multiple persons are seen in this next story because Lucas Films hires a deep fake YouTuber who fixed Luke Skywalker's cameo in The Mandalorian Season 2. You can go below and find the... Uh, they have a video here of what he did with the deep fake. Um, uh, yeah, I know. It's one really? of those. Yeah, it's one of those. It's just, you can't enlarge it. But you see here, he did actually do a little bit good because with deep fake, what it is is an AI... The AI. Well, it's not a up. fake anymore, right? If Lucas said, no, that's fine. It's not fake anymore. Would it be still okay. a fake? Deep fake videos use artificial intelligence to make it appear that the person is doing or saying something they never did. As these, you know, like Tom Cruise's Wonder Woman deep fakes, they go out there in less disturbing ter- territory. Deep fakes that improve visuals of effects in movies appear to be ga- uh, gaining great traction. Making it good for C, uh, you know CGI and all that, so they hire this guy, and they did confirm that he does work there at Lucasfilm's Industrial Light and now. Magic, or <laughs> as everyone knows them, ILM. So gaining another notch on the belt in ILM, a nice pick, really good, nice feel good story. You know, makes you. <sighs> Feel good. Like Baby Yoda, Grogu there. You know? And it's minor differences, but when he's in there, Shamook will be adding to facial structure and stuff. So he's going to be right in there with the deep fake stuff in the next season, all the seasons of Star Wars and all that shit that ILM touches. So Shimon's going to do it? He's going to be knee deep in the thick of the deep fakes. Yes. Shimon so. on, Shimon. Shimon. Right. Shamook. Shamon Shamook might be the title <laughs> of the podcast. But over the past years, ILM has been investing in uh, both machines, machine learning and AI as a means to produce compelling visual effects and uh, effects works. And it's been terrific to see momentum building in the space as technology advances. So as technology advances, you got to reach out to these YouTubers that are really creative and offer them the jobs, you know? That's a, a nice shining star there and a lot of a bright beacon of hope from a galaxy far, far away a long, long time ago. But something that may or may not have happened a long, long time ago, maybe this next story. I don't know. It's timey-wimey. Doctor Who season 13 trailer and departures, unfortunately. Fans had been waiting since New Year's Day for any information about the upcoming series of Doctor Who. The 2021 San Diego Comic-Con panel on the BBC stalwart delivered, giving us, a new de- uh, giving us new details about season 13, including a warning to prepare for cliffhangers. While no one, uh, uh, no official premiere date was announced, we do know that New Who is coming later this year, which I is really, good news. I really wish we had more episodes with her. Yeah, and there's a trailer or below. Stay or something. 
She's I mean, a really good doctor. She's I like a great her as a doctor. doctor but I loved her as a doctor. That's it. That's all I get. Yeah. Great. The biggest reveal comes from showrunner Chris Chibnall, who announces the series will be one st- one serialized story with each episode serving as a character in a larger whole. It's definitely the most ambitious thing we've done since we've been on the series, Chibnall said about the change in format, which it is a change in format. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Doctor Who and Russell T. Davies had the master, but he just kind of like plugged him in as Easter eggs along the way. And oh, then, you know, Stephen Moffat had his whole little thing with River Song and then also with that uh, was a fantastic uh, Clara Oswald. There were different story threads, but this is a story, a serialized story for your 13th season. And then after that, they're going to be doing, like, specials, much like a la David Tennant. So it's going to – she's really getting that David David Tennant treatment here to where you're going to get the, the specials as well as, the uh, you know, one last six-episode season to where – don't really try to, I mean, Disney's doing the six seasons. Everybody's doing the short hour six seasons, you know, and it's very good and impactful. But, you know, I got to imagine like Law and Order's over there giggling in the corner like six episodes. Really? I got five different seasons that have more than 300 episodes, you know. But, I mean, she was a great doctor, but... Unfortunately, she, Jodie Whittaker and Tr- Chris Chibnall are going to be leaving after they do the, those series in 2022. So we're going to be getting, hopefully, 2023. Probably, on if we're looking at it realistically, probably 2024. You know, it's Doctor Who. You get years with that Who. They'll get around to it. You know, but I think that... If they do it right, if they're looking at it as a serialized story and looking to intertwine webs, this could be positive in a story aspect, especially with The Timeless Child opened up, as well as really trying to kill it and donk it with her exit, you know? Because Peter Capaldi had a really great exit. Matt Smith had an excellent exit. You know, David Tennant, so-so. Eccleson, phenomenal. Getting, mm-hmm. you know, Jodie Whittaker to have a amazing. And it doesn't matter right now who the 14th Doctor will be. Yeah. Well, I guess 14th slash 5th. We'll call him 14th. But I think there's a lot of promise in it, even though that Chris Chibnall is not going to be in there. He expanded the story a lot like Stephen Moffat did with the uh, um, Matt Smith ending with the, you know, all the Time Lords giving him some of their life force and him being able to expand past 12 because that was always a looming factor of like, oh, I can't only have 12 lives as a Time Lord. And then Actually, Chris, we can do whatever the hell we want. Yeah, and then Chris <laughs> Tribnall's like, guess what, bitch? I'm not a Time Lord. You guys copied me. And It's a made-up story. You know, and it's very changing. And different. as long as it's a good story, that's really yeah. what the heart of it is. Just make it a good story. And everybody will continue watching, like the heart of the show is. Just one more. That just one more. Yeah, just one. That's it. Cass is notorious about being tight-lipped, but season. we can expect that the 
Bob character of uh, he was the Grey Worm in Game of Thrones. Um, what is it, Jacob Anderson? He is going to be attached to this season as well. So he's a very special surprise guest. The BBC promised. So we're going to get a lot of different people who are going to be coming back, of like episode by episode, or even an. Ep- a couple episodes later, you see him pop up in different ones. So we'll have to see how the sixth, uh, this this 13th season goes out because it could be a legendary one, man. A nice one to end off with after a couple movies. Yeah. So we'll have to see if it's as legendary as this next story because I hope you ain't afraid of no ghosts. Real or fictional? Probably the fictional. Maybe Gozer the Garzarian from uh, ancient Sumerian mythology. Oh, but okay. You want to click that trailer because from director Jason Reitman and producer Ivan Reitman comes the next chapter in the original Ghostbusters universe. In Ghostbusters Afterlife, when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. The film was written by Gil, uh, Gil Kenna and Jason Reitman, coming to theaters in November. And they're saying that, you know, the grandfather is pretty much broke, just left them this place. And the fucking receptionist. Uh, Grandma? Uh, I forget her name. not that one. No. I forget her name. Janine? Yes, Janine. Oh, I couldn't think of it. Yeah, Janine's back. And why'd you pick the station wagon? It's the only one with an engine. (laughs) But the cool part, man, Jason Reitman, the son of Ivan Reitman from the original... You know, and then you see them just say the uh, the tremors, and then Paul Rudd's character, a a town that doesn't is not by any fault lines is hit with seismic activity and glowing ghosts coming out of a mine shaft. This Thanksgiving, so normal ghost stuff. Yeah, right there with, and then right there, man, the original uh, commercial that was great. Ah, oh, and they're playing it here, and then you hear uh, oh, little all State the originals, marshmallow men. I'm yeah. sold. And you hear all the originals' voices from that commercial here, and then they're checking this out, and then you see all this hell going on. But this film just like it hits right in the childhood because it just looks like a good Ghostbusters film. You see fucking the dead, you know. This looks like a Ghostbusters and a Walmart. The fucking, you know, from the first movie, the fucking uh, little wolf thing. Don't so she's a wolf. have a story? Looks like there's a story. And a little trap, a RC car trap with a little fucking wing really out thing. Good. And then this is the best fucking part. Call us. We believe you. Bill Murray's voice. We're closed. All three <laughs> originals surviving <laughs> Ghostbusters in it. Absolutely fantastic looking film. I can't fucking wait for this movie. It wasn't until this trailer that really fucking sold me, you know? Because I've said it on this podcast before. I was a Ghostbuster as a kid, man. Watched all the movies. The the house. The house, the jump set, the fucking... I still have the fucking Echo 1 right there, the Lego version on my desk. Oh, yeah. It was seven years ago. Facebook reminded me. The big brother literally tagged me in a 
post with this Lego Ghostbuster coming out, and then it was like a couple years later, he gave it to me for my birthday, and I was like, holy shit, this is the best thing ever. I've never seen this. Uh-huh. But and then, then Facebook is such reminded a wonderful me. thing sometimes. Yeah, even if it's Facebook kind. But I'm really excited <laughs> for <laughs> Jason <laughs> Reitman to really show this like 30 years after the original Ghostbusters saved the world. And now we're getting the lineage of those men. And even though Egon's not here, with Harold Ramis obviously passed on. So, passed on. so he's not going to be on then? He's not going to be on. No. But one th- place you will find him. Is in this next story? Absolutely. Because he is on the original DVDs, which are at the Game and DVD Exchange over at 23 East State Street, Media PA. It's crazy, hey, right? 23. You, can go, you can go right up to that $5 wall and find Ghostbusters Blu-ray DVD. Go up to Mark, and he will say, Broski. That's a good pick. I don't think he says that anymore. <laughs> he probably doesn't, but... Broski. It's happening. Um, most of my other Mark, uh, stop in and find out, but he has a lot of stuff from retro to new games. Won't have the new consoles because start to cry. All right. It's a, it's an amazing ad so far. Um, but he will have everything that you need for your man cave. Hop in at the game and DVD exchange and Mark will set you up right. As well as our next story, because Netflix is reportedly making a Dragon Age TV series. No, not yet. No, no. You're not a dragon. He's excited about You're Netflix. a hero of time. I know you love Netflix. He loves Netflix. He does love Netflix. Netflix is reportedly planning to launch a new TV series based on BioWare's highly popular Dragon Age game franchise. However, this announcement has not come from the source itself. Neither Netflix nor BioWare have confirmed nor denied these claims. So they're not not saying they're going to make it. Okay. Well, Dragon Age never caught my attention for some reason. I played the first couple. I didn't I played play the um, first one and sort of most of the way through and then I was like, eh. I went up to Dragon Age 3. Um I didn't play Inquisition or was Inquisition 3. Whatever the I second one was, I was like, nah, it wasn't really. Yeah, I got to get back on that because I really so. love Dragon Age as a series. Um, it has a very good feel to it. It had nice lore and mythology, and the, the choices were, you know, uh, it had that, you know, light or dark side, you know, kind of feel to uh, your dialogue. I, I kind of like that, R, those RPGs that give you a choice at, to what to say. So that was the real big thing there. Obviously, they could do oh, yeah, that, that for was... this, like Bandersnatch, but I'd rather they didn't. Ugh. You know? That could like, go so <sighs> Do that to, like, straight to DVD or something if you want to do that idea. Just do your animated series, do your live-action series of, you know, of this if you want. But, you know, just don't do that Bandersnatch bullshit with this. Leave some things to the games. But this is completely a rumor, and it's not even from a supposed, you know, source of any kind that we know, but it is from Giant Freaking Robot, the website. Not a giant freaking robot. I mean, that's in Japan. They have a giant... Uh, Gundam robot. It's on every corner now. It's just what they do. You got to fight Godzilla somehow. You know, it happens. What's the winged bat thing? Mothman? Mothman, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when he's there, it's really bad. You need extra Gundam suits. Mecha Godzilla? You know. They got to do something, you know. 
Civilians protecting themselves. Yeah, it happens. Or whatever goes on over there. They may need Ghostbusters. They could. I don't know. We'll Even see in, what licensing says. Well, we'll see. There's a land of crossovers everywhere. There's a <laughs> fucking James Gunn was talking about Groot and Harley Quinn team up movie, and I was like, that's ridiculous. All right, I would watch that. I mean, Groot and Harley Quinn, that's kind of all right. I would do that. But you would watch anything with Groot in it. Yeah. It's a cute tree. Does Vin Diesel get paid for just the movie saying it once, really or does he wonder. get paid every time they I, play it? I mean, I really wonder if what the In the movie. Is there a Groot yeah. count? Does he get paid by the Groot? Or just one flat Groot Or just rate. one flat rate. Just say it once. Here's so I guess we, wa- we want to know rate. the economic rates of the Groot. Probably percentage-based. Per Groot. Saying. Per movie, box office. I mean, he doesn't mistake. really say Groot. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of lines. He is like, you know, yeah. in event, even in uh, Infinity War and Endgame, you know, a couple things, Galaxy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, it was cleverly done. It wasn't like beat over your head. But you kind of got from his, it was like Mando. You got from more from body actions and, you know, body positioning and shit from, yeah. That, but, eh, we'll see how Groot fares. I don't know where we got from, uh, how we got to Groot from Dragon Age, but we'll have to see if this rumor pans out. The next story is actually something that panned out pretty nicely, if I have to put my opinion on it, because Battlefield 2042's show. Um, there's uh, that official trailer right there for Battlefield Portal. I don't see it. It's the opposite of oh, esports. Yeah. That's what they say. Uh, Battlefield Portal is a game mode uh, creator in Battlefield 2042. Go figure. Which will debut this fall. Players can use it to combine uh, vehicles, weapons, gadgets, and even soldier classes from 2042 along with those from Battlefield Bad Company 2, Battlefield 3, and Battlefield 1942 into a single mode. But Portal isn't limited to dropping old toys into familiar maps. Skilled players can also use some logic-based visual coding to create new rule sets for the game modes. If you want to create a game mode where an entire team's weapon sets change once they reach a certain kill threshold, you can do that. Or you can create a mode... uh, Fair wielder... You can create a mode far weirder. Like zombie mode, where dead players Ugh, run zombies. at triple speed, wielding only a knife. Why is it always zombies? Why not? You got robots too. Robots and zombies. I think zombies are a lazy. Answer. What about love, death, robots, and zombies? That sounds like a Netflix show. It is mm. almost. Um, most Battlefield Portal creation uh, creations won't be carefully balanced by professional game designers, nor is that the intention. The soldier from Battlefield 1942 isn't going to stand much of a chance against a modern soldier from Battlefield 3. It's up to players to try to balance that cre- their creations, or even better, it will be up to the creators to build something fun regardless of how fair it is. Which is, I know, blasphemous okay. for a shooter and online like... Everybody's always claiming but cheating, you know, fun, and all that. But fun's the purpose. What it's about not, fun? Right? You know, games that's are what supposed I really... to be fun, not like I'm 
the bestest in you know, the like, bestest time. You know me. I'm I'm the man, man. I don't really talk about shooters, but when somebody does something like this, to where they're offering you a mode, to where they're just letting you play in their sandbox, and they're offering fun, and just hey, do something fun, have fun with it, and you will get these creative people who will make masterpieces. They'll probably make mods off of this shit. And have a completely different game that we'll be talking about in a later podcast. So check that one out. Number uh, 357 is a great podcast. We're only on 240 right now. But 357, we're already talking about these modders. Time Traveler let me know earlier. But 2042 servers uh, for other players will uh, to use. You didn't get any stock tips? That's what you got? No, that's what I got. I mean, it's like a fortune cookie. You get what you get. But... You can update, you know, to their cloud servers your little different match with, uh, you know, how you scale this so other people can enjoy it as well. So that's a great option for, you know, a Battlefield shooter. As well as this next story, always a great idea because this one is free. Marvel's Avengers, Black Panther, their expansion is launching August 17th. Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics first announced the War for Wakanda expansion in March of this year. The original trailer, it was a call to caution from Claw, the infamous vibranium thief played by Andy Sykes In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Claw and his minions will invade Wakanda in a new expansion. And the Avengers will team up with the Black Panther to help him save his kingdom. Because Wakanda forever. Mm-hmm. Black Panther, in all its grinding glory, <laughs> marks the. You third. will spend hours grinding against one boss and never get it. It's like almost That's like I right. added keep this story. Keep coming back. We'll keep kicking you in the head. It's almost like I added this story just for you. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just want to play a game for the story. Dude, I logged into this. I don't last always. Week. You know, I get enough punishment. I logged into this last week. It's still fun, man. I'm going through Kate Bishop's campaign, and I'm going through Hawkeye's. I'm definitely going to play Black it's, Panther's campaign. It's too, it's too grindy. I fucking, I mean, there's something about sure this live service stuff. I'm coming around on it with this game alone. I, re- I really do. Just like I came around on MMOs. I didn't like MMOs when I first started. Man, I'm like, fuck that shit. But that was because he had to pay for World of Warcraft. But this one, yeah, you're getting free content. They're just like, hey, just play my game. Especially now. Yeah, there's certain play, pay-to-play elements, but that's how they're making the money. Certain schmucks, not me. I'm very thrifty. I'm getting free content. And that's what I'm going to be logging on to August 17th. Yeah. I fucking I love that they went with a different Black Panther, or, you know, with this Black Panther, because it's adding on to this whole story in this different little multiverse that is this game, which is a good story. It has a decent... Solid, uh, it reviewed really great through all the sites. You know, when the story came, when the game came out for the story. If they ever grinded their way through the story. It's just one of those things that when it's free, I gotta tell you about it. Because the two different versions of the same hero, Hawkeye, are already existing in this game. And Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics have previously revealed that Spider-Man will come to Marvel's Avengers as a PlayStation-exclusive hero at some point. Probably 2022, 2023, whenever the fuck they get Or around. beyond. You know? I mean, it 
it's on the PlayStation in there if we want to play Spider-Man on that on that game. So it's going to happen. But it, it it's really just they're going to continue to put out content on this, and I really like it. So we'll have to see it. You can check it out on Stadia, at PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Windows PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. But we have to go on to the next story because certain people walked out of work on Wednesday. Really? Oh, yeah. I had I have too much work. Please, go back to work. Well, Activision Blizzard employees walked out oh, in well, support have a, probably have a of a harassment lawsuit. Activision, did, they, did they finish something and fire everyone? No, but Activision Blizzard employees stopped work on Wednesday in protest of an abhorrent and insulting response Sexual from the company's uh, leadership to a lawsuit that exposed serious allegations of sexism and harassment at the publisher's gaming house there. Gender-based discrimination. Old man also posting like something about the Cosby suite that was linked to Activision Blizzard. There's a lot of stuff going on allegations-wise, but obviously abhorrent is a very good word for it because Activision as and Blizzard as, you know, as much as they love the games, it matters the condition of the conditions that the people who are making them behind that. There has to be a certain level of, you know, humanity there. It, you know, you shouldn't be discriminated against or you shouldn't have, like, rape jokes or anything like that or, like, suck my cock and you get a fucking promotion. That's like fucking madman, you know, satirical shit. Uh, now. It's Duke Nukem stuff, and that's you know, takes four thousand years to make. Exactly. You know, there's there's. Hold on, we got to switch game engines again. The lawsuit. This this is the last time. I know it's the fourth time. We'll finish this game eventually. And the lawsuit was, you know, coming out. The company was pretty much just like, oh, that's just not how it is. Uh, you know. Well, the courts will decide. They had a two-year investigation into the company that alleged that women were held back from promotions and for various reasons, including the possibility they may eventually take maternity leave and that female employees were subject to derogatory comments about rape and other demeaning behaviors. An official response from Activision Blizzard said that the lawsuits include distorted and, in many cases, false descriptions of Blizzard's past. More than 2,600 current and former Activision Blizzard employees have since signed an open letter in support of the DFEH lawsuit. Sources told Polygon that it includes 1,600 current employees and 400 former employees, the last counted. Uh, A lot of people. Employees said they didn't trust the leadership to hold abusers accountable for their actions, that the official statements damage our ongoing quest for equality inside and outside of our industry. And that is a big thing. Then I think every game publisher should look at their fucking office and look at the environment in it. Every company should do that. Yeah, this is. Look at the people you have in there. Everyone deserves the right to go to work and just not be fucked with. Just. Make money, work. go home, and do work. That is what I like about this fucking little protest. You're you're walking out because that's what you want. I just want to go to work, eat my lunch, fucking leave, make a paycheck, go and to sleep, do the and same do thing. do it all over again. That's all I want to do. Just let me do that, and I'll be good. That's what they're fighting for. And I think that's an admirable cause. That's exactly what, you know, Captain America would let you, want you to do. Stand up for what you believe in. So they did 
got to highlight the good stuff. Like this next story, because there's always a loophole. High-end gaming PCs are exempt from the CEC's power regulations. PC Gamer posted an article that reported that the Dell stopped, uh, that Dell had stopped shipping some of its Alienware PCs to California, Colorado, Hawaii, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington due to the machines uh, falling outside of the energy requirements that the had been recently imposed in those states. Oh, so, hold on. Yeah, they won't operate. No, they will operate, but they're operating outside of the energy specifications they're like drawing too much power i don't think the people who bought it care they don't don't i think they're willing to pay for the extra electricity now somewhat confusingly one part uh one particular model did pass muster while others with almost the same specifications didn't popular hardware youtuber jay-z two cents posted a video exploring what's happened here and predictably enough for any any uh, anything to do with legislation it's not entirely straightforward essentially through the high-end gaming pcs will be exempt from the uh, regulations and the regulations themselves uh are a bit weird as they're mostly concerned with looking at the power draw when the machines are idle they don't care how much power you draw when you're physically gaming or processing, editing, or doing something. Mm-hmm. It could be a nuclear reactor for all they fucking care. But what is it doing when it's idle? It should be. Okay. It's not processing anything? You mean it's just... It's just sitting there, you know? Okay. That's what they care about. Like, what is it doing at that point? Which, all right, I, I don't mind that. They, you, I, I think they got a point. You know? How much processing power do I really do? They really need to make me spend when it, it's not it's doing not anything. It's not doing anything. Why am I using that? Uh, I side with what's it? The government? It's yeah, like a long anagram. It's the like regulator. the D F E H. Would you yeah. believe I side with authority? <laughs> That's the bombshell for the fucking podcast right there. But California Energy Commission's uh, site has a link, but it simply points to a missing PDF for people who are actually interested in looking at the power draws and seeing what the extras and add-ons of this complicated mess is. But if you're a high-end gaming PC, all you have to worry about in those states are what your PC is doing at idle. So I care about that as well. Do you need the most high-end gaming PC? Apparently in those those states, no. I'm quite a boring person. I don't think I need anything like that just to watch rope. You know what you need? What? You need this next story. Because not only... That was a good segue. Is that a good segue? But you need a robot arranging 100,000 dominoes into a Super Mario Brothers mural in one day. This, this is the type of thing robotics should be used for. Yeah. This is God's work. Yeah, no, this is God's work here, because engineer and YouTuber Rob is she racing Mark the Robber, that's his name, Mark Robber, 
has created a, a robot that can make domino murals at light speed and has shown it off in a video of arranging 100,000 dominoes into a Super Mario Brothers well, This was a mural. very expensive video. Oh, yeah. In just 24 hours. He, he probably hasn't made any money yet. I bet Nintendo's going to take it all. They're <laughs> just going to yum, 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 yum. I love your money. Your money's good. So, Robert says that it would take a team of seven humans a week to do the same thing that this robot did in a day. And it's two robots, one filling the pattern and the other one placing. So, this is employment news. <laughs> Bad if you're a domino placer. Yeah, I mean, if you're I can't a domino imagine. placer, there's your life. I can't imagine how much domino placer actually makes as a profession. But... You know, this guy's really driving home all these different colored dominoes that are I mean, going into this. We make fun, but it's probably more than we think. Oh, man. I mean, at least <laughs> better better than minimum wage, probably. I wonder if he has money left over after Nintendo takes it all. So, Robert says that the video, that the current version of the Dominator, uh, awesome name, is the culmination of years of work from him and his team. And he goes into how the device actually works, as well as showing some of the failed designs that led to the final product. Is there, is there a wizard inside? There's not a wizard inside. It's not like the original Dreamcast commercials to where like all the characters are just huddled in your console. Oh, yeah. That was <laughs> an awesome commercial. Um, if the name Mark Robber rings a bell, it may be because they all on PC mag here, they have also covered some of his exploits in the past from the glitter powered device that was meant to deter porch pirates of Amazon packages. The glitter bomb. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. That was we him. That. Oh, that's and cool. a moving basketball hoop as well as a dart tracking dartboard. That's pretty neat, you know? Yeah. Help if him. science class was like this, you know, I might have stayed in the actual science. Oh, you know? Helping him build a robot and code the software has a team of three other people. He also enlists domino artist and YouTuber Lily Havesh to act as human opponent for the Dominator, uh, a la Ken Jennings and Brad Rutter playing Jeopardy versus IBM's Watson. You can watch her video to see what it's like for someone skilled in laying down dominoes to go up against a robot. Which ah, it's, she knocked him it's, over. It's, oh, not, it's not going well for her. I mean, dominoes alone are very aggravating to do. You know, obviously, Jewel Pod user, I have my dom- my dominoes, my domino Jewel Pods stacked up there, but. Sure. I I mean shit man 100,000 dominoes <laughs> It's actually very impressive that this kind of this is what they do for their you know with their time And I'm very impressed with it It's not a dig at all It just did better than her job And they're stacked one on top of another in less than a second And right. on top of each other yeah yeah like right next to one another You know like uh Actually, if you build a mold, it, it works perfectly. Man. However you want. You just mold it to anything. Somebody, hopefully somebody is watching this podcast and thinking of a sci-fi dystopian future to where these robots are just taking over everything. Oh, wait. They did that. It's this not. Was, it, it, was it can't be different than a, uh, you know, they have bricklaying machines that yeah. lay them like pavement. It can't be much different than that. Just what about that 3D printing uh, house-making machine. 
They a bunch use, of uh, sensors. And a zip tie. Those things are used There's everywhere. A, zip ties are everywhere, man. I'm really impressed I with mean, zip ties, you know? Can't you just The world is going to end. You best pick up some zip ties. You're going to need them. Get the Costco-sized one. Domino's Stock falling up. and all. I mean, very impressive. Robots, I mean, I think Watson was a little bit more impressive, if I have to be honest. A little you know, bit. A, a robot winning Jeopardy. Although LeVar Burton, people are loving LeVar Burton on everybody, his first guest star. On Everybody uh, guest loves LeVar Burton. On, on yes. Jeopardy. They're loving him. And why wouldn't you? He's great. Reading Rainbow. Yeah. And Jordy LaForge. Shit, oh, he yeah. should be on Picard. That's why I, 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 I will not watch it until Jordy is on there. And he's probably very busy for that. So there you go. Yeah, we got plenty of time. That's, that's, a good that's why. But... Dominoes aside, we let the stories fall as they lay because we end off on the end segment, which, of course, is a thought experiment. And this week is what kind of vehicle, animal, dinosaur, or insect would you transform into and why? So I posed this in the chat. Joe Gilmore, uh, ultimate wall janger, wanted to be on, couldn't be. Um, he said uh, a mantis, a praying mantis, which okay. very fierce. Man, or cobra mantis is what he settled on. He want to be a, a male mantis or a, a female mantis? Well, would he like to live or die? That's what he's transforming into because he was like, can I retain my human form? I was like, sure, why not? When you're not transformed, <laughs> you, you're a human, you transform into a mantis. Why not? I, I didn't give it Well, Michael Bay, that shit, you know? So... I really think that it's it's a good premise for the show. Sean Ennis says America, um, but it's American a good deed. it's a good premise for the end segment because I mean, as a, I could probably pick one of each, but dinosaur wise, I don't think it really has the the most impact like you would get from a vehicle or you know something else like an insect. You know, like rodent, like rat trap. Uh, meh. You know, no. if they're not, no. not really. No, I don't want to be a rat. I want to be a cheetah or a gorilla, like you know, orangutan. I want to be a, a, a dragon. I'll allow it because it would be really fun. It looks fun to be a dragon. You're you know? gigantic. Almost nothing is bigger than you. Put that in you. the dinosaur realm. You eat yeah. stuff. You sleep, and uh, you do. Who knows dragon if there wasn't shit. a dinosaur dragon? Unless you're captured by an evil overlord who keeps you in a small dungeon and tortures you to death. Yeah. But other than that, it's probably fine. I kind of always thought that the, the vehicles had really the, you know, they had the best range, you know, because I, who, I mean, I, I couldn't roll without lug nuts, but I could still, you know, I could still get places without really having, because you're a transformer. You got to some point energy. There's gonna so, be a, at some point, there's going to be a hover pad or something. Something's going to have to hold that hover pad onto the car. Yeah. And it's going to be a nut. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be a lug nut. Yeah. The hover nut. Why? Because they're going <laughs> to use the same shit they have. They're <laughs> yeah. already making it. Yeah. When we use these things. Okay. Nothing hovers without hover nuts. We'll see you next week. <laughs> we'll change the name of the show. Uh, we'll change it by then to hover nuts. That will be even better. In certain areas, it would fun to be like a, a Porsche 
yeah. 11. You know what I mean? Like when fucking uh, Bumblebee turned into the Camaro. Or Lotus. In the fucking first Transformers Michael Jet. Uh, oh, yeah. My, uh, what was that? Michael Bay movie. That was so fucking like, all right, yeah, I would love to do that. You'd never have to worry about, you know, malfunctions. You know, but I was also thinking. Recalls. You go with like Starscream, like the air yeah, section, like a, like a jet or something, or a asshole. helicopter. You know, I wouldn't mind being a helicopter. I'm kind of thinking I'm going helicopter. Yeah, Starscream was, yeah, fl- being flying things. Or even drone, awesome. a big drone. You know, with a fucking, one of those big camera drones? You know, with the 4K cameras? I'd be a, yeah. I'd be a camera drone. Doesn't sound that Man, that'd be fun. awesome for the company. Projectors Wong is LLC. Matt Man, the project. And I just fucking shoot your video as a drone that just hovers over you and shit. I get the perfect shot. And I yeah, can shoot got, lasers. You know? They got computers that do that. I get, I can shoot lasers and, you know, I'd be a drone. Yeah. A, a, a big like 4K drone that can stand, you know, those ones they did it, that at like the top of uh, uh, the Aztec place on the one Discovery show. It could stand like 10,000 mile hour winds or oh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. One of those fuckers, that's what I would transform into. Like an ancient temple. Not an ancient temple, the drone. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, my mind wandered. Pain. But. That's what I would go. I'll go for the drone. You would go for the dragon because it's um, Joe Gilmore went for the cobra. Kelly Collins is watching. Kelly, uh, type down there in your comments what kind of transformer would you transform into? A vehicle, animal, dinosaur, insect, what have you? What kind of transformer would you be? Because honestly, I'm going Autobot. I'm an Autobot drone with a dragon. I I'm not going to assume, but. Kind of side feel like you're siding with the Predacons. I'm a dragon with a migraine. I just one of the things to be dark. You're the star scream. Sure. You're the star scream. And what was that other spider in uh, fucking Beast Wars? Hi, Kelly. He says yo. Wow, Um, that's a strange thing to change into. A yo. Kelly transforms into a yo-yo. No, just the concept of yo. <laughs> he just transforms into the concept of yo. Kelly says, is one with yo. Says I would be an Autobot all day, but Kelly, what would you transform into? Would like what kind of vehicle or animal or dinosaur, insect? What kind of a like thing would? Because I'm going 4K drone that goes up to like you know 10,000 feet, withstanding hurricane winds and shit that they use for Nat Geo. Going with, with that fucker because it's fun. Yeah, and Big Brother went with the dragon. Uh, Ultimate Wall Janger Joe Gilmore. He went with a Cobra Manus, and I mean, obviously, I'm going Autobot because Optimus Prime. Optimus Primal's a dick, so he's Maximals. But Autobots all day. Um, I imagine he would probably be a Jeep. <laughs> Kelly has to be like Wrecker, you know, like a big fucking Jeep. Uh, okay. I could totally see Kelly as a Jeep. That is his Transformer. I'm just picking it for him because it just fits. I'm sure he'll agree. I like mine. He transforms into the concept <laughs> of yo. <laughs> uh, funny. I'd go with an Xbox so I could fix myself to make <laughs> it better. But he says, seriously, Jeep. So I dunked it. <laughs> fucking donk the choice. But no, the Xbox, yeah, you could make yourself better. 
I believe in you, Xbox Kelly. We'll have to make. You know what? That's the next cardboard that we got to get Mark's body to make us. Cardboard Xbox Kelly. Uh, If Xbox has money they'd like to put as a sponsor, sure. Why not, man? That'd be awesome. If we can get it. Xbox, give us a call. But one thing we can get. Is the thank yous. We want to thank you out, Sean Ennis and Kelly Collins. Kelly Collins also says, tired to call in. Uh, oh, tried to call in. Wasn't working, by the way. So, by the way, we end off with the thank yous. Like to Kelly Collins, Christopher Bristow, the old man that's watching, as well as Sean Ennis giving us a good old-fashioned America, like always. Uh, we thank you, Adam Unnat. Uh, Unnat. <laughs> Nolan Gallagher, Justine Fink, Matthew Richbach, and Mark Gervais for liking, commenting, sharing, subscribing, and overall supporting the podcast. But, of course, this is a long, drawn-out goodbye. I am Matthew Bucarell, the Batman. To my right is Stephen Bucarell, big brother, our omnipotent presence that is the producer. We have our hero of time. Link Diablo. And of course, our cardboard Kelly in the chat. Our actual Iron Kelly, as well as Christopher Bristow watching. We want you to go ahead and hop on to Purjangers and Wallhangers.com and find all of the podcasts. We love you. We miss you. We want to see you next week. Until then, game on, boys and girls. Bye bye. We're doing it live. Play on the tangers. That was a good segue. Yeah, so um very impressed with Disney Plus and how much um, you know, they have on their catalog right now. I'm not impressed with the pause button. No. I don't I don't think it knows what Disney doesn't understand what stop means. Uh, yeah, Please. No. Just I've, I I really can't sit here all day. I just wanted to watch. I know. Now look, I don't it's know. It's twenty what, minutes, but the I don't know. He's gone. So. I don't know if it's the Fire Stick or if it's that just that Disney Plus app because that's the only place it happens ever. Being a little bit political, you know, devil's advocate, but it is Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. But they got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, <clears throat> Netflix dropping a lot of stuff, including just released since we're in the end credits. Um, Transformers War for Cybertron, the third chapter, uh, Kingdom, to where we have the Autobots, the Decepticons, the Maximals, and the Predacons. And I watched the first episode, and I will say this about it. It is good from what I saw, and Optimus Primal is a dickhead. Okay. Is he a, a real gorilla? <clears throat> they come out in their beast forms, yeah. So he's a real like, gorilla about oh, things. There's a cheetah. Does he throw poo? Oh, there's, a, there's a hawk. Oh, he comes out beating his chest and shit like that. And, and he throws then, poo. Oh, okay. I mean, he doesn't throw his poo. It's Netflix. But they didn't quite go <laughs> with CGI poo. They weren't to that level. Oh, so the, it's like, not a one-to-one accurate gorilla. No, but they lift, like they the, lifted oh. their foot a little bit on that one. You know, like, mm, not quite that low. Um, but it's really good. Especially has that flavor that you've been seeing in the War for Cybertron series anime, which is really good. I have to imagine this is the first part of the arc. Um, it's six episodes. So, much like He-Man and other e- <clears throat> anime that they have released, 
it's going to be released, you know, in parts because you're going to binge a cert- up to the climax and then climax to the end resolution, you're going to binge that later on. Either, you know, this year, next year, they're spreading it out like butter, which is really good. Yeah, butter's delicious. <clears throat> Absolutely. Probably but not good for your heart, though. Suicide Squad getting great reviews. It's a great transition. Um, James Gunn. Not Kevin Gunn. I, <laughs> I, I was waiting for you. But, you know, I, was like, no, I'm just I don't have to say it anymore. <laughs> but uh, James Gunn, he, his Suicide Squad, <laughs> it's looking at 100% Rotten Tomato Meter. So, for a superhero movie, that is, that's fucking astounding. And yeah, but I can't wait to see other choices it. are questionable. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's yeah, 100%. I don't question that the movie's good. I just question Rotten to, They to say it's, opinion. it's madness. It's a masterful madness is what I've been seeing. So, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, let's get um, a statistical algorithm in there and see what comes up. Yeah, yeah, we have to. But it's it's really a lot of good nerddom coming out, especially with a lot of, you know, there's a lot of Star Trek shit that Bob's putting out that we don't talk about, you know. Uh, Strange Frontier, especially the animated series, Lower Decks, all that shit. Um, you have a lot of stuff coming out like uh, on one of our stories coming up. But oh, Lower Decks. <clears throat> yeah, animated style, um, okay. satirical comedy. I mean, it really does look good. Uh, okay. From the trailers that I've seen, it's, it's not just, what I'm picturing. It's Bob, you know. I, I can't go with I'm the picturing. Viacom Bob Network, so that's that. But I can hope that so you it's can... going to be disappointing, like that. Oh last yeah, yeah, probably. Well, it has. It's gotten like awards apparently for the animation, so it's gotten. It's got a good story at least, animation wise. Yeah, well, but, we'll see. You know, for where they're punching it, a lot of people are picking up on that Star Wars Kool Aid, especially because they're doing what everybody else is, and they're just spreading that butter out. You know, you got Picard Season 2 coming out. You got Strange Lands, or Strange New Worlds, rather, uh, with a new Captain Pike. There's a lot of stuff that Yeah, I heard nothing good about the first season of Picard. I heard it was horrible, and then it got worse. Well, we watched the first couple episodes. You should have stopped. Because they were free, but, I mean, it was... I wasn't, it didn't It had a nostalgia? Yeah. Yeah, but that's it, you know, like... I kind of feel like they wasted an actor. He could do so much more. You know, if, just, if you just to, let him. Just let him tie into a new series. You know, I mean, not this, because ugh, I just, after, after no, watching No, no, let him did, do whatever he wants. He might want to do this. I, I, I don't know. How, how how much to this does Bob have his fingers in it? I how mean. much control, you know? Yeah, that's what you really got to ask. Are they really, you know? or, or are they responding to social media? Is it one of those? Well, yeah, because we're getting that uh, Matt Shackman Star Trek movie in J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot Productions, so it's going to be along that new Star Wars line uh, movie, and we reported about that, I'll definitely, especially because he made uh, made WandaVision. Uh. <clears throat> but there's a lot of good stuff happening, nerddom-wise. Like, when you hit that subscribe button right here, and above our cardboard, Kelly said, that's where you're going to find every single Triforce podcast in a playlist. And, of course, right above my head, that's where you're going to find the very best Purjangers wall hangers video for you. And, of course, as our main man Connor always says, one punch. One punch. <laughs>